You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 342 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? Good, good. What's been happening in Gina world and the world of photography oh, and all of that? Yeah, the world of mm. photography. I had a great week. I've uh, been shooting and editing and catching up on my binge watching. <laughs> and, you know, I've re- like, I actually like this time of the year, A, I, I like it when the clocks go back to oh, I don't. normal time because it makes those 6 a.m. starts a lot easier. Oh, yeah. You know, and I really like the angle of light at the moment. So just before I got on the call with you, Val, the sun was at like the most beautiful angle. And I've got this like Moroccan lantern that hangs in my window, Mm -hmm. quite a big one. And the sun just was streaming through that. And the entire roof was just this explosion of little sparkles from that. It's really nice. And I do love the... uh, I love the light at this time of the year. It's different. Mm. I notice it. Um, I yeah, well, yes, it, yeah, it definitely is different. But I am a big fan of daylight saving. I must say, because I yeah. just love it. You know that it's still light by the end of the day. But that's okay. And also, autumn or fall has finally decided to arrive yes. in Sydney. So yesterday I was freezing. Um, I that and. I'm sure to some North Americans and Canadians, my idea of freezing is your idea of warmth, perhaps. But um, it was pretty cold here. Had to turn the heater on. Had to get my UGG boots out. Uh, but that's okay. Got there in the end. What else has happened? Got UGG boots on the cover of this uh, this week's episode. Too, oh, Val. good. Okay. <laughs> I just recently did a shoot for them, so Love a good uh, UGG. I put put that on the cover. So it's one of the the shots we'll talk about. Uh, this week, yeah, they're the best when it's cold. Oh, so good because uh, nothing keeps your feet. I'm wearing my UGG boots right now, and mm. as I do all through. And I've got. Do you have inside out UGG boots and outside UGG boots? No, but I'm going to get them. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because then they're the one that you go walking yes. in, and then the ones for just around the house. Yes. I think it's important. We've come to this, Val. This is what we've come to. <laughs> <laughs> what else has been happening? All right, so uh, really interesting discussion uh, in the gold community over the last couple of days. So, um, and I'm going to continue this on with them. So, one of the members posted uh, a couple of portraits of high-profile VIPs, mm-hmm. and uh, what we uh, uh, and what this uh, member did was critique the photos. Which have you noticed, Val? That 
the gold members critique their own photos these days. <laughs> yeah. I love how they do. So they'll go, I did these shots, uh, really happy with this, 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 and this, and I can see these are the areas I need to improve, <laughs> and then what do you reckon, Gina? And then I'm like, oh, my God. And it's like, you know, that's fantastic. And I think that as a matter of like when you're looking at your work is something that uh, you should try and do. Like I know that when I've done a shoot, I'll look back over it and I'm going, ah. Oh, that light may be just around a little bit. That would have been better mm. there. I wish their hands were there. I wish the hair – I need to talk to the makeup artist about that. And I do that. I like I'll do a big debrief at the end of the shoot. Do you do that when after your, when you're checking out your work at the end of a job? Is that part of your protocol as well? Um, sometimes, but sometimes it's like when it's done, it's done. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, but it's as a learning opportunity. You go, okay, so I saw that this light here. Next time I'm going to try and move it around. Anyway, so with the Goldies, we did this, uh, had this great discussion about these uh, two headshots that we were looking at. And what what the uh, the member who posted it was talking about was like, okay, so these are the images and here's what I do to take these images to the next level. And what was really cool is even though these are super high profile people, these images are going to be seen everywhere, there was still um, room for improvement, you know, position of the catch lights. Mm. We broke down the wardrobe. We broke down what we would do with the background and uh, all of these, uh, you know, even the uh, the retouching and the wardrobe we talked about. Um, mm. But one thing that, that I did uh, point out to them was that, like, you know, Shoots like this and, uh, you know, I've been uh, lucky enough in my career to work with, you know, many like VIPs, high-end A-listers, captains of industry and things like that. Mm. You don't get a lot of time, Val. So it's like when I look at shots like this, part of me is going, yeah, it would have been good if the background or they moved that light around. But then I've got to be a little bit forgiving for these kinds of images because I know that you're given – a couple of minutes. Mm, now, mm. what happens when you're doing something like this with someone high, super high powered uh, is they will give you a lot of access to the room that you're shooting mm. in. Like if you want to go in, sometimes I've, I've asked for access, can I come in the day before yep. and set up? And they'll give you like, I'll say, I need two hours. They're like, great, you can do that. And then what I normally do is I will bring a stand in who looks similar to that person and then another assistant. We set up the lights and particularly if it's someone high-powered, Val, it's really important because you want to get the colouring right and, you know, the skin tones and you want to know the best uh, colour of wardrobe and all of those things to wear. So we nut out all of those uh, problems and, you know, make sure that we've got a lighting situation that's going to work with all lighting because it's like nothing worse than lighting a room and then going, the next day, suddenly there's sunlight streaming yeah. in, and you haven't you haven't allowed for that. So you've got to have a fail-proof lighting system, mm. and that's what I've been uh, teaching the Goldies to shoot under extreme pressure and have that one go-to lighting situation. It might not be a hundred percent perfect. It might not be the one that you use in if you had time. Mm. 
to do the shoot, but like when you've got two minutes and remember in that two minutes, there's 30 people standing behind you Mm. or watching you shoot and you can hear a pin drop. So that's the kind of pressure these guys are under. So you've got to kind of cut them some slack, but remember that you can actually train up to be in a position because it's not if, it's when you'll get to be in that same position. And many of you that are listening today, there's going to be an opportunity that comes because Dave, who works in accounts, is married to Jan, (laughs) who happens to know Steve, who works for the head of or this particular A-lister who's in town and can you do a headshot? This is how these things happen, right? You've been in this situation. I've been in this situation. So rather than freaking out and panicking, if you focus on learning your lighting, nailing it and teaching yourself how to set those lights up under pressure Mm. and have that go-to fail-proof lighting system, you're going to be and go, yeah, no problem. I know that I, I can ask for an hour to set up before the shoot. I know that I'll bring someone along. I'll nut it all out. And then when, you know, uh, Mr. or Mrs. A-list work, walks on set or high-powered, you know, business captain of industry or, or whoever it is walks on set, you can get the shot yeah. and you can do it in two minutes. And, in fact, you don't need two minutes. You need one minute because you want to spend that first minute Uh, connecting with them and getting to know them, posing, directing, having a little joke, and you're not going to be phased by the 30 people standing (laughs) behind you. So so that's the aim and that's the the kind of thing that uh, I like to do with the goal community, get them, you know, and what we've been working with is explaining that, you know, how to get them from, you know, zero to hero in terms of their lighting so that they can, uh, you know, hopefully step into a situation Mm. like that and absolutely nail it. I love seeing the progress of everyone in the God community and they're just such awesome people as well and such good fun. So I always look forward to the posts in the God community Facebook group. Now, if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about this awesome God community, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the God community. I'm passionate about helping the members of the Gold community. They're wonderful photographers and I love seeing them progress in leaps and bounds. Here's what Vanessa MacGyver had to say. I needed education, but when I actually went into the Gold community and had a look on your website, everything that's there, it's in bite-sized chunk and it's titled so that I can understand because I know what I need to learn. I don't need a whole bunch that I already know to be thrown at me first because I know the basics, but to understand a little bit more and see some behind-the-scenes setup shoots, which a lot of people don't share, and whereas you do, learn, 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 which is exactly what I needed, so it spoke to me at the time. And I've been absolutely blown away. <laughs> I would have thought that I'd ever be able to use guidance numbers to understand the math. I never understood flash from start to finish. My next uh, trial is to learn how to shoot tethered. Listen, if, if you're looking to increase your skills, because not everyone knows everything, you don't know how much effect you have on people, Gina. You're, you're amazing. And your warmth comes across as well. And that was also encouraging me to, to join. It's a supportive educational community. I could have just said all that three words, couldn't I? <laughs> And uh, I've been really grateful for that. Phenomenal. I wouldn't have done that two years ago. I'm sitting there going, If you'd like to find out more about the Gold community, head to GinaMilitia.com and click on Memberships. All right, so let's move on to this week's topic, which is getting started with flash photography. And I think that this is a really good topic because 
often when you're starting out, it's really easy to just rely on daylight because it's easy or mm. it's, it's, it, it's, you perceive it as easier. And sometimes flash is considered, it's just this obstacle because you kind of think, oh, it's so complicated. But I have no doubt in your inimitable way, <laughs> Gina, you'll be able to break down flash for us so that uh, it's it becomes an easy thing to, to, you know, take the first step and then start using flash. So yeah. I'm interested so, to know where do we start with this one? You know, so whenever I hear the words or read in someone's bio, and I'm seeing this a lot at the moment, I'm a natural light photographer. Yeah. It, it, it actually reminds me of my first couple of years starting out as a photographer because for me back then, the mm. idea of shooting with flash scared mm. the absolute cucker out of me, Val. <laughs> so, mm. and I – and. And even though I was scared, I managed to like, you know, because you know I like to play at cool Val. So <laughs> I had I had excuses. Yeah. I had Yeah, you know, daylight daylight <laughs> has this beautiful quality, you know, and I can feel it and it just, you know, can't be replicated with flash. So I wanted people to to kind of feel like, yeah, don't no, this is my choice completely. I completely embrace daylight. Or, you know, flash, yeah, it's great, but there's this disconnect because flash feels too clinical and inauthentic, right? <laughs> or yeah, it's kind of cheating. You know, if you were a purist as a photographer, you would just use daylight. And but okay. the reality, the reality, I was scared of flash and yes. I didn't understand it. It was just a complete other language. And even though like a lot of my friends who were photographers kept saying, because I'm saying, no, it doesn't look like daylight, you know, and I kept saying, even when I use flash, it looks, it does, it looks Yuck! Mm. I don't like it, and they're like, "But you're doing it wrong." No. And if you do it right, you can actually get flash to look just like daylight, mm. only better. And I'm like, wow. I don't believe you, because every time I tried to use it, mm. um, it looked shite. And okay. so, you know, my aim for all of you out there is to take the fear out of flash photography, and to at least you know, if you've never used it before or you were like me when I started and you just hated the look of it, you're going to give it a go. And I know that, you know, we've had some fantastic results with the Goldies that I've been working with. Same. I hate flash. I don't like how it looks. I love the look of daylight. I want to recreate that, but I can't get it. And it's like, you know, in a matter of a couple of goes, they go from zero lighting to hero lighting with flash and, and high-end looking lighting and a couple mm. of tweaks and they're building on their repertoire. So they have all these different go-tos. So maybe they'll go outside, they'll recognize that the daylight looks good. Today I'm going to shoot with daylight daylight I'm going to mix it up I can add some flash or if it's a, just a horrendous day I can recreate a look of daylight completely in a studio at night with no assistance of, of daylight right so that's something and it's not just so here's the thing and I know there's like if I did a blog post or titled mm. this uh, podcast episode um, how to learn flash in 
I don't five minutes is too long. Three minutes? <laughs> I get lots of quick clicks, right? Yeah. Three mm-hmm. minutes, easy. And 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 master flash in three minutes. <laughs> if I put that ebook out, world seller. It'd be like can you imagine? Yes. Right? So but it's not and, and what everyone wants to hear is like what are all the shortcuts and how can I get there as quickly as possible? Yes, I can get there quickly. But it's not enough for me to say, because I'm often asked, what light modifier do you use and where do you put the light? It's, it, it's not enough. It's not mm. enough, Val. You want to know and what I want to do is empower all of you to understand why to use this light source over that light source and how to make everything look great. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I hope right. at the end of this podcast, all of you were going to go at least have a go, have a go at this and show me the results and uh, with whatever you do. So let's start with a really simple question, Val. Okay. Let's what start with a simple flash? question. Okay. What is it? <laughs> it's a light source. Yeah, it is, simply. So mm-hmm. just imagine if you could carry the sun in your pocket and this little sun that you carried in your pocket, you could turn it on, you could dim it, you could change the quality of it so you could make it hard light or you could make it soft light. You could control the contrast and you could create any beautiful lighting condition that you wanted. How good would that be? Pretty good, Imagine. yes. It'd be pretty good. We have that. That's what flash is. That's mm-hmm. all it is. It's a powerful light source, okay, that mm-hmm. you can control. You can bend it. You can shape it. You can soften it. And basically, simply, it's just a burst of light and it's just this burst of powerful light and in a split second, like one one-thousandth of a second, mm-hmm. that's what it takes for the flash to illuminate your subject and then be recorded on the uh, sensor of your camera. That's it. It's just that's okay. a long flash. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good sound effects. Okay. Mm. That that's the also the annoying thing about flash because we can't see it. And so it feels like a bit of magic that happens. It's like <laughs> here's this little box that like imagine if uh, uh, you went back to the Stone Age and you just like left a flash there and showed it to to them. People would freak out. What is the, like the sun <laughs> fell from the sky? The gods <laughs> you know, must be crazy. Just, the gods must be crazy. So um, so. That's the. It's like it's 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 not really magic, and if you break it down and look at it simply, uh, it's it's really very simple. But um, the problem is that people confuse it, and you know they'll they'll start with not just one light, but like let's light something with three lights, and then you don't know what anything's doing. You're not really understanding it. So let's solve that problem. So why? use flash in the first place because you know realistically daylight does look good right yeah it looks good and yeah and i was right in my thoughts and yeah but i can't really get because the daylight's really nice when the daylight's nice however <laughs> the problem is what happens when mother nature uh doesn't decide you know says i'm not going in uh, <laughs> <laughs> i'm not getting out of bed today <laughs> 
I've got a little tickle in my throat, throat and, and uh, doesn't want to go to work, you know. Or goes on strike. Or, or has been on a three-day bender and it's day four and they're like, you know, they're not 100% there. You I'm know? chucking a sickie today. And they, you have to get a temp in instead. And the temp <laughs> turns up and it's uh, showers. Or worse than showers is when they send the work experience kid instead um. and you get... Cloud sun, cloud sun, sun cloud, sun cloud, sun cloud. I don't know how to stop it. Sun cloud, sun cloud, sun cloud, sun cloud. Did you try turning it on and turning it off? Sun cloud, sun cloud. That to me is the most frustrating lighting scenario because you can't do it. The work experience person is an intern, if anyone. Yeah, yeah. sun cloud, sun cloud, sun cloud, right? So really frustrating. So you can't always rely on, and I don't think that there is maybe LA because they just kind of get consistent, beautiful weather and then they might get a little bit of rain. But you kind of know that what the weather is going to be. But aside from that, if you live in like Melbourne, definitely. You've got <laughs> no idea. What's the weather going to be? No clue. It could be anything. In it Melbourne, it's like sun, degrees. cloud, shower, snow, <laughs> sun, <laughs> heat wave, all in like an hour. <laughs> so... So what happens then in those scenarios if you want to have a consistent-looking lighting flash? You can bring the flash in, and it's one of the easiest ways, and you can actually replicate daylight. But if you want to be able to replicate daylight, you need to first understand how to shoot in daylight. Forget about the flash, forget about continuous light, really understanding daylight. And one, if there is one takeaway, even if you you end up resisting flash during this podcast episode, which I hope you won't, <laughs> but if there's one takeaway, it's the importance of the direction of light. And if you understand this, working with daylight, this little tip is going to change your life and I've got a new little protocol again that's going to change the way you look at light when you're outside. So okay. um, the single most important thing is being aware of the direction of light. Mm-hmm. So from now on, Val, yeah. when you go outside, I want you to think like a sunflower. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, yes. Did you know that the Italian word for sunflower is? Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Girasole. 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 Or let's ask uh, my new boyfriend, Alexio, for his <laughs> correct pronunciation. Alexio, how do you say uh, sunflower in Italian? Girasole. Isn't he he gorgeous? Let's hear that again because he's quite hot. I'm very attracted to him. Listen. Girasole. That does it for me. Again. Girasole. Can he say anything else? That's it. That's all I need. That's how I go to sleep at night. (laughs) Oh, my God. Girasole translates to... Turns towards the sun. Uh, Isn't that a beautiful term for sunflowers? They're called girasole in Italian because Mm. what happens 
is the sunflower, when it's out in the wild, in the meadows, mm-hmm. will always turn towards the sun and face its, uh, you know, petals and face to the sun. That's what I want you to do as photographers. I want you to look for the sun and find the direction of the sun. And that's how you're going to light your subjects. Now, you say, oh, we're told not to, you shouldn't put your subjects in direct sun because they squint and the light and all of that. Yes, <laughs> true. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, okay. But um, oh, just as a side note, because this is more than a photography podcast, <laughs> do you know that you can take sunflowers if you grow them in your, in your garden, Val? I know you're uh-huh. an avid gardener. <laughs> Yes. Right. So when you grow your sunflowers, you can actually take the head off a sunflower, right, and then just get some string and uh, hang it from a tree, bird feeder, because what the birds come and they eat the sunflower seeds. So you've got a natural bird feeder. So when you, um, if you have, like I love having sunflowers in a vase, don't Mm -hmm. don't throw them out because there's like, like a, a thousand to two thousand seeds in each head of a sunflower. Wow. So you take that head off, hang it outside, and you'll get all the native birds coming coming to your garden to feed off the bird feeders. Good, good tip. More than a photography podcast. So let's go back to uh, our word of the week now. Girasole <laughs> from girare, meaning to rotate. Girasole. so what we want to do is think like a sunflower so directional Mm -hmm. light um why is it so important it just looks better on the skin it's got direction and you'll see the difference so take a shot where you've got the actual sun uh directly hitting the skin tone and then try backlit and have a look at the difference like it lights everything up now it's not great to shoot in direct sun it's very difficult to do although i used to shoot all my headshots in direct sun because there was something about the quality and if you change the angle of the head you can get a decent shot but it's difficult for some people because they squint in those conditions but um If you try and shoot early in the morning, like uh, before 10 or after 4, because the sun is lower in the sky, Val, uh, Mm -hmm. what you've got is the sun is lighting everything flat on. Does that make sense? When it's lower in the sky, it's not high above. It's not lighting from above, which causes, um, you know, shadows Shadows, um, and cast shadows under the eyes. You get raccoon eyes, you get shadows Mm -hmm. everywhere, and uh, it causes extra... Like it just makes everyone look a, a bit crap, really. Mm, but when yeah. the light is flat onto the face, you've got this beautiful directional daylight that fills in all the crevices uh, mm. and lumps and bumps on the skin and everything is lovely and flat and you get this beautiful light. So it's important to recognise the right time of day to avoid those raccoon light. You know that we know that hard light causes the shadows And so that's why when you go out on a cloudy day, what happens basically is the sun's still there, right? But there's a bank of cloud that is covering the sun and the sun shines through the cloud. And instead of getting this hard light, you get this beautiful diffused quality of light. Mm -hmm. Now, in those situations, not many photographers 
pay very much attention to where the sun is because you can't see it. So the feeling is because the light is bouncing around everywhere that it's nice and flat and even, it doesn't really matter where you position your model. But Mm -hmm. try this experiment next time you're out on an overcast day. Take on the girasole protocol or the sunflower. But it just sounds so much sexier in Italian though, right? Think like a sunflower and look for the sun and face your model in the direction of the sun and you are going to love the results. I promise you will see the difference and do the experiment, do them where they're backlit. So the light, even though it's covered by cloud, still do this experiment, face your model so that the sun is hitting them directly behind the clouds and then try backlit, have a look at the difference. I promise you're going to love it. So that's directional light and knowing the difference is really important. So it's important that before you jump into flash, that you understand where the good light is, how to face your model in the right direction and how to expose correctly for daylight. So there's something to be said for those daylight photographers. I spent a couple of years figuring this stuff out. Nothing wrong with that because in the meantime, I was also learning how to pose and direct, feel more comfortable in front of the camera and maybe you don't need that extra stress of having to bring in artificial lighting as well. So focusing on where the light is, manipulating daylight, really important. Now we've talked a lot about finding the good light. There's lots of different, not hundreds, but there's lots of different episodes on the podcast, in the podcast back catalog about finding good daylight. Val, what's, what's the number one favorite? Of finding good daylight? Yeah. Where's the good daylight? Garage lighting. Yeah. Okay, and go on. For the new listeners, <laughs> what is garage lighting? Because you, you've got this down pat. Garage this lighting. Like, this is like my party trick now. It's like, <laughs> hey, 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 here's my performing friend. And Val, what is garage light? <laughs> garage lighting is so called because when you stand, for example, in the uh, doorway or uh, of a garage um, where you would normally have a roller door or something, you stand right at the entrance And in front of you is typically a driveway. And what happens is you stand just inside the garage, but you let the sun beat down on the driveway, but reflect back from the driveway, presuming it's sort of lighter in color, uh, reflect back onto your face or onto the model's face. And that is the most amazing, amazing, beautiful lighting, garage lighting. Fantastic. Great, great. Okay. So, Find those little good lighting scenarios because they will still be part of your repertoire when you're a photographer. It's still just because you're shooting with flash after today doesn't mean that we forget about daylight because you can still use it and it's still beautiful, all right? And just think to yourself, girasole. What's that? And just think to yourself, girasole. 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 And get... Girasole. uh, uh, Alessio to say it or okay. if you like Alexia but I don't like her so uh, uh, what's her name Alex- Alexa 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 yeah I prefer Alessio anyway <laughs> um you can't change her voice either I've tried okay <laughs> um all right so let's get into lighting with flash all right so this girasole <laughs> <laughs> What I want you all to remember, even though you might be a bit nervous and 
that that's like no one's going to die here if you bust <laughs> out the flash and take a photo. And that's the important thing to remember. The world isn't going to end. Um, you won't lose your job. There is no major crisis that will happen if you pull the flash out and experiment with it. And this is all this is. And what I encourage everyone to do is this is not about taking beautiful, pretty pictures. This is about practicing a technique. So if you have a styrofoam head or uh, an obliging pet or an action figure or a watermelon, an orange, you know, a basketball, it doesn't matter. Or a long-suffering spouse. Or a long-suffering spouse or my favourite, oh, my God, how much I love these, the angry teenager. (laughs) And we've got a whole collection in the Goldies and we trot them out and we're like, here's my angry teen. It's like, that's a good face because, like, the faces they pull, it's like, mum, just take the shot, okay? I I want to go. I want to go to Becky's house, you know? Um, So... Give it a try, but don't worry about, I don't care if the shots are out of focus. If you're doing uh, selfies, don't care. Don't care if it's a a photo of an orange, don't care. Don't (laughs) care if the people look grumpy. what, What we're focused on is technique here. So what you'll need is a flash. Again, brand, don't care. You can get, if you've got high end flashes, great. If you've got knockoff flashes, fantastic. It doesn't matter at this point. What matters is that you learn the technique. Now, the difference between a cheap flash and an expensive flash is the expensive flash is going to be a little bit more reliable. So um, Mm -hmm. today on Clubhouse, I wrote a new tagline for Godox. I'm (laughs) never going to get any sponsorship, Val. My tagline (laughs) is um, Godox... uh, not 100% reliable, but good enough. You know, that's us. And that's basically what it is. It's about 95% reliable, but it has issues because what do you expect at that price? For the price, and please don't get upset if you're a Godox fan, boy or girl, because I am a Godox fangirl myself. I use them. They're great but they're not always great. So you've got to take that into account that sometimes they overheat. Mm. The flash is not consistent. So sometimes they'll just output a a flash that's like three stops over what you told it to. They don't always listen. Godox has problems listening. Not (laughs) all the time. And maybe your your particular unit never has anything wrong with it, but I, I guarantee that if you're doing, you know, a thousand shots in a day, you're going to find that there's issues. But for this, it doesn't matter. And generally, they're quite good. Not mm. 100% reliable, but quite <laughs> good enough. Good enough. Godox, good enough. Godox, if you're listening, you're welcome. Um, so... Um, Basically, uh, a cheap flash, it doesn't matter. You can pick one up. You can pick, pick one up for 80 bucks uh, at like a 80-watt speed light. Uh, there's the 200-watt, which are, uh, I think, about a couple of hundred dollars. 
and then you can get bigger. It doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter. Size doesn't matter. <laughs> size doesn't matter in this instance. So the difference between a um, smaller speed light type flash and say a 600 watt second time type flash is power. Okay. So the bigger flash lights up the whole sky. <laughs> the smaller flash not quite as powerful. Um, this is something that you'd be concerned about if you are trying to do uh, dark and moody, overpower the sun. You want that extra grunt, so you might want a bigger flash. But we can talk about that in future episodes, and if you've got any questions about that, then then just uh, drop me a question in the uh, Facebook community, So You Want to Be a Photographer Facebook group. If you don't like social media, send me an email, news at genomilitia.com. I'll happily answer your questions. So size in this instance Val size doesn't matter all right um cheap and cheerful not a problem so you need a flash you mm-hmm. need some kind of trigger now um there are lots of different triggers on the market it doesn't matter cheap and cheerful it doesn't matter just like anything what what you've got will do to get you started you don't need mm-hmm. the best the latest and the greatest Basically, what you've got is um, the flash. We'll call it Dave. Mm -hmm. You've got the trigger. We'll call it Steve. Okay? (laughs) Dave Dave and Steve get around. They do get around. Steve, the trigger, sits on top of the camera, slots into the hot shoe. Okay? Mm -hmm. And um, it has the capacity to talk to Dave. They communicate with each other. So basically what happens is when you push um, the shutter of the camera, the camera talks to Steve and says, Steve, we're going, I'm about to, I'm about to fire. <laughs> Tell Dave that we want full power, full power. And so Steve goes, Dave, full power. Dave says, Steve, got ya. <laughs> got ya. <laughs> Right? They communicate wirelessly like magic. Got okay? ya. And there are some triggers, the fancier ones, a little bit more expensive, allow you, they'll have like a digital screen and you can say, Steve, you can program Steve, the trigger that sits on top of your camera, to um, can you turn the power down to half power? So Steve will go, Dave, cut it back to half power. Dave will cut himself back to half power because Steve told him to. How good is that? Which means that as the photographer behind the camera, if you need to lower or increase your light, you don't need to get up from it behind the camera. Mm. The cheaper triggers don't speak. All they do is go, Steve, Steve says, Dave, fire. Dave says, okay, (laughs) that's it. They're like a married couple who have been married for more than 15 years. It's like minimal communication, right? It's just like, Steve, just do what I said. Dave, okay, yes, dear. You know, that's what happens, right? And then cheaper again. So it's just like a transmitter that sends a a signal and tells it to fire. But if you need to turn the flash up or down, you have to get up from behind the camera, walk over to the flash, increase the power, decrease the power. No big deal. That's perfectly fine. Cheaper than that, Val, is you can actually get a cord that plugs into your camera and goes all the way to the flash and plugs in. So now that they're connected, 
and they talk to each other all mm. the time, right? Mm-hmm. So they're the differences. What is what, So there's cost. The cheapest is the cord. Bit inconvenient because people can trip over that. Next level is just that line of communication, which uh, they wirelessly through laser or some. Who cares? It doesn't matter. <laughs> they talk to each other. Yeah, How laser. they do it, you don't need to know. Just know that they're they're communicating. That's it. All right. Yeah. We don't need to know. And then the the next level after that is. They communicate in a really sophisticated language. It's like they're a couple that have been to therapy and it's like, I feel, I hear you, I hear what you say. And you can turn them up and down and do all of that, right? That's the difference. So so you've got the flash. Cheap, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what you buy, just get something. Triggers, again, doesn't matter, don't care, just get something that works, okay? The trigger goes on the camera. The flash goes on a stand. Now... <laughs> The stand, I care. I care about the stand, Val. Okay. Don't skim. Okay? If you think you're going to be in photography for the long haul, light mm. stands and tripods, don't skimp. Don't Pay skimp. Pay a little bit extra because they fall apart yeah. and they're shite, the cheap mm. ones. So mm. my tip, again, not going to get a sponsorship from anyone <laughs> in a hurry, Val. <laughs> Sorry. Uh Buy secondhand. You're going to get a better deal because there are like really fantastic, beautifully made light stands that might cost you two, three, four hundred dollars to buy brand new that someone is selling for fifty bucks. Get one of those. It's perfectly fine. It might have a little scratch. It's not going to have that new light stand smell. Doesn't matter. Just get something good. All right. And if if your surname is um, Gates or who else? Uh, <laughs> Musk or mm. um, what's the guy that runs Amazon? Branson, Bezos. Bezos. Mm-hmm. If you've got that kind of a surname, knock yourself out. Buy a gold-plated diamond-studded one. Doesn't matter. They'll all do the same thing. Okay? Mm. So get a good light stand if you can. Uh, the other thing, a modifier. Now, we're talking absolute this is for beginners. The first modifier that I want you to get is the humble shoot-through umbrella, okay? Now, this was the first light modifier that was used back in the 70s, 60s, uh, up to the 80s, somewhere around the uh, mid to late 80s, the softbox started to come into vogue. But before that, everything was shot on umbrella. And it was interesting, I was having a flick through my, um, I've got a book like all the covers and editorials of Rolling Stone over a number Mm -hmm. of years, Val. And -hmm. there's this fantastic image of uh, Stevie Wonder and uh, he's wearing uh, black shades Mm -hmm. and reflected in the shades is the lights. Mm-hmm. It's umbrella because it was shot like pre-softboxes, mm. right? Yeah. So yeah. a lot of the shoots that we did were with a, a, a couple of umbrellas yeah. rather than – so it's a perfectly good light source. Now, the reason I like umbrella when you're starting out is what it does is it's like having – so we talked about the sun, right? When you've mm-hmm. got the sun in the sky, we've got hard light, when the cloud comes over, thin cloud cover, you get diffuse light. Basically, that's what it is. Same thing when you put an umbrella in front of your flash. It diffuses the light. It softens it. And and the reason it's really good for beginners is it spreads the light 
everywhere mm. like a hose set to spray everywhere you know when you've got that super fine spray you know i know how you love the garden val <laughs> so when you're out there gardening you you know watering your veggies and your petunias and uh you your what are they that you planted lately the jitter jitter sole <laughs> you have to say it with the accent as well i love it so <laughs> Uh, for all the gardeners or, you know, people who, are, uh, you know, uh, water the – use the spray on the hose, there is the fine mist spray, right, where where it, um, it sprays out water but it just comes out gently in a fine mist and it goes everywhere. That's what happens to the light when you put an umbrella in front of it. The opposite mm-hmm. of that is when you've got no umbrella in front of the light, no diffusion, it's like having the uh, the hose set to hard, like the – have you got a um, a power cleaner on your – that, that does the – like, you know, when you're doing the windows, Val? I know, but we've <laughs> got a karcher. So the karcher. And you mm. know how powerful that is when it's set to hard spray, like when you need to get like into uh, like high up and things like that. It's just like one strong, um, powerful jet of water, right? It's hard yep. and that's what, that's what flash is like. So that's the difference between you've got – see the difference between that fine gentle mist that goes everywhere or mm. that hard spray jet stream that happens – like it yeah. only hits in one spot and it's really hard. So that's why I like the umbrella to start with. So you've got your flash, you've got your trigger, you've got your modifier, you've got your light stand. Then most importantly, because if you're outside using flash with an umbrella on a light stand, there is a really, really, really good chance that a gust of wind is going to come along and knock your umbrella over and uh, smash your uh, either very, very cheap or even a bit expensive light over and it'll break and it's over. So what you need are either someone to hold that, like a voice-activated light stand, so someone (laughs) that just stands there and holds that in place and it doesn't fall over, or sandbags to keep it in mm. place and more than you think you need. And a good tip, because especially if you're out on location and you don't like lugging sandbags, you can get these, um, I just bought a whole stack of them, you can get these refillable ones. So they're, they're sandbags but they're empty and they've got slots for water bottles. So what you do when you get to the location oh, is you I fill see. like three or four bottles, uh, you know, uh, half a litre each, yep. uh, and you put in, and then you can have like a two, three, four kilo bag, four kilos, 2.2 pounds in a kilo, like 10, do the math, carry the one, like heavy, <laughs> right? And and that'll hold the light stand in place and stop the that first gust of wind um, from blowing your stand over. So please, I've warned you, don't skimp on the sandbags. It's really important. And if you're at all concerned, it's probably better that you do these tests inside, not mm. out on location where there's a chance until you get more comfortable with it and then you're aware and you'll be able to sandbag everything. All right? Yes. So here we go. This is the simple technique that you okay. use. Okay. So um, you can have flash 
that you can use to um, – and there's a couple of images in the show notes, Val, uh, but, and you can find those at ginamilitia.com. So what I've got is I've got an image of the, the cover for today, which is a girl in long grass yep. uh, on a beach, right? And so this would be an example of adding – and we've heard this term before – a duck of light, which duck is a technical term, small measure of light. It's a small amount of light. And so what I'm doing in this instance is I'm shooting as if I was shooting daylight, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm metering for my shot. I'm getting my skin tone to looking almost right. I'm not going for a dark and moody sky. I'm going for that bright, light, airy look, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, quite big at the moment and it's very sort of – it's a fashion look, bright and airy. That's mm-hmm. what I want. Why would I use flash when the daylight's okay? Because – the skin tones look so much better. And what I'm doing is I'm just adding enough light or a duke of light just to lift the skin tone. And and so in the show notes, I've got the example of before, no flash, and after, flash. And what it does is it just lifts everything, right? And you can see your face goes straight to the brightest part of the image, which in mm. this instance is? Her face. Exactly, right? Mm. So we've just lit up her face and it all glows. And, you know, the other benefit of using flash, almost zero retouching because the flash mm. fills in all the like yeah. lumps and bumps and holes and pores and everyone just looks beautiful. And it's yep. not heavy-handed, this flash. It's like it's literally a duck. It's a little pop of light. It's like, mm. you know, it adds an extra quarter of a stop or half a stop of exposure. It just lifts it a little bit. So... You can do flash to achieve that look, and that is a very uh, sort of uh, groovy, lifestyle-y, fashion kind of a look. Or if you want to create something moody, you can also do it by exposing for your background and then Mm. uh, adding also a little duke, a heavier duke of light. And so what you get when you do that is you get shape to the face and a bit of, um, you know, you're adding shadows and mm. uh, by adding flash. So uh, it defines the skin tone. It gives your shot a little bit of extra drama that you can't get just by shooting in daylight. So there's a shot, there's an example. We've got a farmer leaning against his ute. Can you get any more Aussie than that? <laughs> a farmer leaning against his ute. In the first mm. image, its shot is the background. He is completely in shadow. Mm. And then the second image, I've added that little duke of light. Um, so half of him is still in shadow, but I've lit half his face and half his body. Everything else in the image remains the same. So mm. the other thing that I want you to remember is you're never, ever lighting the entire scene. You're only mm, lighting yes. the figure that's in front of you. And a lot of people, that is quite a revelation. You're never mm. lighting the scene. You're just lighting a tiny part of it. So remember that. And then finally, Val, if you want to create something dark and moody and super dramatic, and we covered this in great detail in the episode of how to create a black background using Mm. daylight or flash, then maybe check out that episode as a a refresher. But what I've done is um, this shot was taken at like 
one, one, one in the afternoon, right? And so basically I've managed to shoot and expose the background so that it's completely black and just lit up the, uh, the person in the frame. So you can create dark and moody shots and you can do all of these with the umbrella, okay? Cool. So here's the actual setup mm-hmm. is, all right, so... Um, the the best way to understand flash, okay, because it's like just to wrap your head around what's actually happening because it's still annoying that we can't actually see it. We see this magic thing happen, lights up the image and it's like, but you don't actually see it and so you never get time to actually see how it's looking on the skin and, and what's happening. So what I want you to do is pretend. So we pretend, we're already pretending today that we're a sunflower, girasole, <laughs> Or now I want you to pretend that, and I want you to forget about flash. It's not a flash anymore. It's actually a torch. And you know, we've been doing this podcast for about five or six years, Val, and I've only Mm -hmm. just realized that people in uh, the US and uh, Canadians are probably going, what the hell is she talking about? What's a torch? Because you know what they call them over Flashlight. there? Flashlight. Flashlight. So I apologize. <laughs> but hopefully by now you know that you need a dictionary or some sort of spell check or something when you hear me. What, what, what was that word, Gina? Just you've never heard that word before. <laughs> so I want you to imagine um, you're holding for a European, for everyone else in the world, it's a torch. Uh, for our um, US and Canadian listeners, it's a flashlight. That's what I want mm-hmm. you to imagine. It's a light, a flashlight or a torch. And what I want you to do is either get an action figure or your styrofoam head, an orange, a golf ball, whatever, and I want you to shine that torch on on that action figure or b- golf ball or whatever you're using and move it around. And I want you to um, bring it right up close next to your action figure, pull it away and have a look at the difference in light. Really study the light from above, from underneath, from the side, closer, further away. That's going to give you a sense of positioning your light. And then what I want you to do is find some uh, either baking paper or trace paper uh, or even um, a material that you might have a tr- translucent white material that you can put over the end of the torch and now shine it on your subject and notice the difference. So that's going to give you a feel for what happens when we soften the light, the difference in the quality of the light, okay? And that's going to really help you understand exactly what's going on, particularly if you're a visual learner and all this uh, talk about I don't think I've been too technical today. I, you can't accuse me of being technical really today in this no, episode. You're good. <laughs> so, but but it's I think it's it's super important if you're a visual learner just to do it before you head out just to see what happens. Okay. So, here are the steps and I'm going to try and bang these out in 5 minutes so that I can <laughs> at some stage use the how to how to how to learn flash photography in 5 minutes. Buy my book. All right, so step one, Val, I want you, the first thing we do, and this is for everything that you shoot, this is when you're shooting um, in in 
in daylight or you're using flash. The first Mm -hmm. decision that you have to make is decide how you want your background to look, okay? So do you want a blurry background? If so, choose a shallow depth of field. So like F4, F2.8, however wide the particular lens that you're shooting on goes to, okay? Um, Or do you want everything super sharp in the frame? If so, you select a narrower f-stop, so something like f8, f11, f16, or higher, okay? Now, why shoot blurry and why shoot dark, sharp, okay? Now, if you're shooting blurry, it means that you either want to emphasize your subject and sort of, uh, you know, make the, the background less important, And that's for a couple of reasons. A, you really want to make your figure stand out or B, uh, the background's too messy and distracting. So there's like, you know, you might have um, power lines or um, just, uh, you know, a a, a chain mail fence or uh, all sorts of guff in the background. And and, uh, when we did the uh, Get Off Auto course, we did that uh, example, Val, where we were out on the street and we shot a girl on the street. It was a busy street. There was cars and uh, there was power lines. There was ugly billboards. It wasn't pretty. I shot it at, I think, F11 or F16. You can see everything in the background and there's no hero in the shot, right? And then when we did it at F2.8, suddenly it's the it's this dreamy, blurry, all the lights and the traffic lights just yes. went to bokeh yep. and the girl stands out, right? Mm. So sometimes you'll be in someone's home and there's just too much clutter around and it's really distracting. So that's what you're thinking about. Okay, what, what what's important here? Is the background important to this shot? Um, if it's not, then you can blur it out. Now, if shooting sharp, what would be the decision that uh, that would make me want to shoot sharp. Well, so for me, if the background is important to the storytelling, so in the examples that I've got, where I've got the girl on the beach, the background is just sort of a backdrop. It's not really that important. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to detract from her, so I've kind of thrown it out of focus a bit, right? Yeah. So it's there, but it's not really there. With my farmer leaning against the ute, it supported the story that I was trying yes. to tell. So this yes. was for an editorial shoot for a magazine. It needed to be there was no question about whether he was on a farm or he mm. was on a, a main road or a highway. I wanted to show that. I wanted to show the rust, the rusticness of it all, and I wanted to see all of that. So in that instance, it was important to telling the story. And so that's why I shot uh, with a narrower uh, depth of field there okay so that's step one decide how you want your background to look step two um if you're shooting outdoors i want you to set your iso to 100 just just do it let's not argue about it okay (laughs) just do it okay (laughs) if you're inside and um it's a bright room inside so lots of windows it's light light and bright then sort of go between somewhere between uh 100 iso and 400 400 iso you should be good there okay so that's Mm -hmm. a, a good starting point that's your starting point 
If, let's say, you're in a dark room, small windows, lots of drapes, it's, it's, it's a bit dark, you can feel that it's dark and you need a bit more light, then you might want to go up somewhere around 400 to 800 ISO, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's the starting point. Then I want you to set your shutter speed to one one hundredth of a second, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, there's no flashes involved yet, okay? Now, I want you to uh, expose for the shot as if you were shooting in daylight. So you want to try and get a decent looking skin tone. You want to try and get a decent looking background. So based on the parameters that we've already talked about, if you're shooting wide open, obviously your background's going to be out of focus. And if you're shooting narrower, you're going to get a lot more detail. Okay, so you're Mm -hmm. getting everything correct. And what you do is you adjust your ISO higher or lower, uh, until you've got your meter reading correct. And if that doesn't work and you've, you've gone all the way down to 100 and you need to go lower, then you might want to increase your shutter speed. Now, if you are yet to master uh, working in manual mode and the whole basis of the exposure triangle, then I suggest you go back and have a listen to the Get Off Auto um, podcast episodes. And we've done a couple of those as a refresher and practice those, but that's the basis of what, like, if, you, if you're not kind of understanding how to work with your camera in manual mode, these next steps are going to be difficult. So I'm just assuming that you're all at that level now, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so no flash, take a test shot. That is your base exposure. And I do this for every single shoot that I do. There is always the first frame, the first couple of frames are establishing my base exposure so I can see what my background is going to look like. Now, I'm not all that concerned about what my model looks like because I know I'm going to light them, but I'm looking at the base exposure. And you can see this is... uh, is evident in the um, the the shot with the the girl on the beach. So the shot without flash compared to the shot with with flash, not a lot of difference in the background. It's basically the same, right? Mm. Her on her face, that's where you can see the difference. So without yes. flash, it's slightly underexposed. Farmer is the same. Okay, without flash, he is completely like a silhouette. When I add flash, uh, we've lit him up and then he's got a bit of uh, modeling on the face, all right? Mm. So that's the thought process. And then um, what you do is now you take a test shot. So you've got the base exposure, okay? Once you're happy with how that looks, um, that's going to be your base exposure. You don't Mm. touch the camera anymore in terms of the manual settings. Does that make sense? Yep. Okay. Then what I want you to do is um, once you're happy with all of that, now we're going to get Steve and Dave into action, okay? (laughs) So turn on your flash. You're going to put your umbrella in front of the flash. And just as a starting point, what I want you to do is bring the flash and the umbrella into the frame. Don't worry if it's in the shot. I don't care. Doesn't matter. Bring it in and bring it in quite close to the face How so close? that it's almost almost touching, like uh, a hand a hand span away. 
like wow. long long way hand long way so what's that like you know um it's okay 20, centim- 20 <laughs> centimeters 10 inches something like that mm-hmm. right so so fairly close closer than you think you'd need it to be okay and maybe to start with at around a 45 degree angle so just kind of in front of the in front of your model okay and you want to start um at about so obviously your triggers turned on your flashes turn on do a quick test make sure it all fires and start with your flash power at minimum power so the settings for the flash is your camera is set to manual mode the flash is also set to manual mode now if you're unsure about how to do this there is an entire episode uh, from last year that we dedicated to all the ins and outs of speed lights and working with speed lights. So how to, how to change from manual mode to TTL, how to, how to change the power settings, all of that. We did an, a, a huge deep dive on that. I'm not sure what episode it is, but just uh, mastering um, speed lights or all about speed lights, it's there. Um, mm-hmm. So check that out. So basically, I want you to set your flash to manual and start with the flash it's power episode at 308 episode 308 if you need a refresher on all of that uh, check that out but start with your flash power at minimum power and then basically you gradually uh, do a test shot have a look right and again i'm just going to remind you that when you're shooting like this don't feel like you have to rush. And this is why I'm saying that when you're doing this, if you are a visual learner, if you're a slow learner like I am, and you get flustered when you've got people around you and you want to hurry through, use the styrofoam head or the action yeah. figure. This is why I like this technique because you could take 20 hours to do this. It doesn't matter because there's no one rolling their eyes, watching you, judging you and all of that. They're Unless you use you, the angry the teenager. The angry teenager, please don't use the angry teenager <laughs> because they just make you feel so incompetent because that's their job. That's why they're on this earth, to make their parents feel incompetent. Anyway, um, make it easy on yourself. The dog, by the way, doesn't judge. So the no. dog will sit there all day. You just give them treats and they're Beautiful. happy to pose for you. Mm. So um, start at minimum power and then you just gradually increase the power settings until you get the desired result. Now, 45 degree, you're very close. What should happen is you're going to get a very soft and lovely looking flash. Don't worry about the flash being in the frame. At this point, it doesn't matter. The idea is just to get off that, you know, I'm freaking out about the flash. Once you get the first one right, Post your results in the um, the podcast group, yeah. and uh, we'll take you to the next step um, in a future episode. And I'll tell you what to do next. But this is a great start, yeah. And you can always uh, tweak the light, move it around, and just don't be afraid. It, again, not about taking pretty pictures, just about getting um, you know getting over your fear of using the flash and I promise when the flash is that close I think you're going to like the results and you're going to be happy and and happy to experiment more so hopefully did that inspire you to get your flash out yeah I think that's great (laughs) and and do let us know in the Facebook group uh 
check it out. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook and request to join. It's free to join. We'd love to have you in there. Fantastic photographers. Yeah, I really want to see it. Yeah, absolutely. So make sure you post in there because we would love to see how you go. Remember, it's not about making a masterpiece. It's about no. just getting over that first hump of using flash if you've you know you're not used it before. Um, fantastic. I love that challenge, Gina. So mm. brilliant. What a great episode because I think that, as I said at the start, I think it's so important because so many people – just don't take that first step and then they don't experience how beneficial it is to be using flash. Even if you just take your very first step so you can see that, oh, that's how it works, um, I highly recommend it, highly recommend it. And we it. Could just get so caught up in our head and you make it out to be this big deal and yeah. so techy and so scientific. Also, if uh, you're from uh, – if you have another, uh, what is the word for sunflower in your particular country? So I want to hear the French word. I want to hear German. I, well, we've got listeners from all over the world. Girasole. So please. Girasole. I know the French word is something really sexy as well. Um, <laughs> I'd love to hear it. I'd, I'd love to know what sunflower is in every different language. <laughs> Let us know. What is it in Australian? Is there a slang uh, word for sunflower. it? Sunflower. 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 Doesn't, doesn't do it, does it? Sunflower. Girasole. Those yellow sunflower. things. Yeah, those yellow things here, beauty, mate. Girasole. Girasole. <laughs> All right. Fantastic. So this brings us to the end of this week's episode. We hope that you have got something out of getting started with flash photography. What are you doing in the coming week, Gina? I've got a ton of retouching to do, Val, so that'll be happy days for me. Uh, what about you? I'm actually finally getting some uh, work done on a new collection of designs. Um, Brilliant. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes it just swirls around in your brain for quite a while yeah. and you make all these excuses. It's just called procrastination really. Yeah. But I finally put my bum in the chair yesterday and um, really got into flow. You know what I did that was um, – uh, interesting or well, by accident, I mm. put my phone in another room and I didn't put my watch on. Oh, so you, know, you my, were like tech free, Val? Well, I didn't know like what time it was. It was more Analog. that I, like I didn't know what time it was. Yeah, like in a casino. <laughs> so yeah. it really helped me get into a real flow. Um, so I'm going to do that again. Just put my phone in another room. Don't wear a watch because I've got an Apple Watch, so it tells me. All do sorts you, of do, things about my life. Do you have all your Do you have all your ping ping notifications on? Because I turn all those off on my phone, which is annoying to some people who like text me four hours mm-hmm. ago something mm-hmm. urgently. I'm like, I didn't see it because it's there's a lot. It's too distracting. Yeah, so I, I have will some, check. but um, yeah. Well, I, you know, so yeah, I didn't get interrupted, and yes. I highly recommend it if you want to. Um, take away the excuses for procrastination. Yeah. That's what I did and it was um, – I got a, I uh, made a lot of headway, so definitely going to try that technique again. All right, That's so exciting. where do we find you online, Gina? I'm at ginamilitia.com. That's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm uh, 
Gmail.com. Yeah, I'm at Gina Militia <laughs> on all social media uh, and Clubhouse, <laughs> which I'm still loving, She's by the addicted way. to Clubhouse. Uh, yeah, it's still good. It's good. It's fun. Uh, so I've started doing interviews on there and I've just got to get uh, a particular piece of technology so that I can actually start recording those uh, interviews because I've worked out the sort of workaround. You can record, you just have to let everyone know that you're recording and then I can share some of those uh, chats on the podcast. So hope to do that soon. And if you want to take your photography to the next level, then do check out the Goal Community. Go to ginamalicia.com and click on membership. What about you, Val? You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Girasole. Thanks, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.